Fujina Kakudaki is a director, dramaturg, and theater specialist. She focuses on adolescent audience education through theatrical productions and creative workshops. Organizations she has worked with include the Stavros Niarchos Foundation Cultural Center, the Athens and Epidurus Festival, the Drama International Short Film Festival, and the Athens Conservatoire. She has led theatrical workshops around the world with people from all age groups and cultural backgrounds. Georgina Kakudaki, welcome to The Creative Process. Hi, it's very nice to meet you. Yes, so you have been uh, involved in theater organizations and teaching theater to young people, to adults. You have been, um, you know, working on educational initiatives at various festivals. I mean, it's a huge body of work. So just tell us a little bit first, what drew you to theater and the performing arts? So me, as a, as a um, um, job description, Mm -hmm. I started uh, to, I, I started my theater interest uh, in, in, uh, um, in the university, in theater studies department, that, 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 that would be history, um, theater history and semiotics and stuff like that. Uh, but then together I started to go to a drama school. But then I, when I finished both of those, I thought that I would be much more interested um, to, to deliver this knowledge uh, not on the stage or in the writing, because for me, both of them were like, uh, um, um, you know, when you don't sew, when invisible. For me, that looked invisible because you didn't have an interaction with the actual um, audience in a way. So this is why I started to do a lot of uh, pedagogic uh, workshops that uh, then I went into the uh, Panhellenic Theater for Education organization, and we started to um, invent them. So mm -hmm. I had like four years of intense workshops about theater pedagogy and uh, um, theater for development and all of the stuff of the, uh, you know, more, more active ways that we do theater from uh, drama therapy to forum theater and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that uh, when you do theater for, for uh, society's development, uh, that would be more interesting and um, more descriptive, more of a dis description of what you do, like in the way that you present yourself in a way. So these three things like theater pedagogy and dramaturgy, like theater studies, and uh, my capacity to be myself on stage, being an actress, uh, they sort of reinvented an identity that I followed up having uh, on the way. This is the way that I would describe myself. Like uh, I, I invented a new category of uh, hybrid Hi, who has yeah. done all of these sorts of things. I think that that's so important. I mean, when you have really um, absorbed a craft or an art and is to pass it on. I mean, we say one of our motives in our, the creative process is one generation inspiring another. And I felt personally, I'm a visual artist. I do some collaborations with dance, but I'm generally not a, I'm, I'm collaborative just with exhibitions like this. But um, I, th I think that there is a, I felt a real need to do something that wasn't just about putting painting on the wall or having something that's quite removed. I understand what you mean about engaging with the audience. It's so that 
I get so much more from more than selling a painting or whatever, but engaging with young people and why what draws them to the arts and creativity. So I, I really understand how you feel that that way. It's like so it's so inspiring for me to inspire them in their craft. I think sometimes it's difficult because when you go to a, like in an art per se, mm -hmm. you think that the only acknowledgement would be through the theater or art critics. Mm -hmm. that the, 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 there is a system that evaluates your uh, value and mm -hmm. uh, it's very very obvious the last 10 years that uh, the whole Europe uh, hence the world is becoming a, a huge marketplace mm -hmm. of uh, how uh, somebody is putting a mark of quality somewhere and then if you are with those people in, instead of the other people so it's a new form of eclecticism that mm -hmm. I personally don't really follow that much but but usually when it, 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 there is a catch 22 there whether you 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 would claim for you to be successful or not mm -hmm. because uh, the market is in another completely different spot mm -hmm. to the category of the audience or if you care for the audience if you care for the young people or if you would think that the arts have a capability um to interact with somebody and uh, uh like teach not the aesthetic stuff mm -hmm. or the highfalutin stuff, but very basic stuff. But this, uh, you know, Boala would call it the invisible theater. But yes. in my opinion, the invisible theater is the one that it's on stage. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I do understand. Well, not always, not always, but you know, as a reference. Yeah, I do understand because once you get to a certain level and a certain, as you say, um, productions that are well reviewed or like, like we have a participants on Broadway or whatever, so it's a very expensive thing. You know, you're going out, you're being seen as much as you're seeing, and so there's a lot of value judgments on it, uh, celebrity. But when you are working with young people on your, they don't have as many as a value judgments in terms of um, celebrity or economic, you know, it's like they just know what moves them or what makes them think and feel. Um, so it's a less, a, like a, less of a politics and more just like um, the initial spark or passion. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things like I'm looking at, and so you've been, uh, like you know you work with over you know 30 i guess over 30 drama drama companies and as well as your teaching uh, for theater and for, or even for film i want to speak about all these different festivals you're involved in mm -hmm. and uh, up till recently you were with the um athens and epidaurus festival mm -hmm. and now sorry for summarizing all these things now you also uh, you were teaching before these places, but you're teaching at the Athens Conservatory, Praxis 7. And tell us a little bit about um, a, a walk in the, the program called A Walk in the Park at the beautiful, if people who haven't visited Athens, mm -hmm. it's one of the great places to visit, uh, apart from the uh, monuments and ancient sites, but the Stavros Narcos Cultural Center. For a lot, a lot of years, I was, uh, um, I was uh, working as a dramaturg. Um, in the in the um, high, sometimes also at the high end uh, theater uh, uh, places. So, for example, at this period now that we're doing this uh, talk is uh, May eleventh. Yeah. Um, we are just wondering whether our new performance with um, 
Kuhn uh, Agustinen and Rosalba Torres, both mm -hmm. of them very, very well known in Europe with the Balesa de la Band, uh, The Roses, mm -hmm. um, that we were doing a, a show called Lamenta and that it would open up in uh, the Avignon. Uh, th uh, um, so mm -hmm. I always was thinking that um, uh, dramaturgy and me playing on stage, which, which I have done also for 20 years, and also research uh, into a topic or uh, creating uh, an international school for uh, actors like the Liceum of Idarus are basically on the same route of uh, being active in the theater and the, and the dance uh, scene as well, um, instead of just only doing one sort of thing. So, mm -hmm. so uh, for me, it's very interesting that you switch your... Uh, um, artistic identity or educational identity uh, from field to field because it gives extreme new thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this is why I do things that it's like I'm a split personality sometimes, mm -hmm. that usually people are always uh, more concentrated when they do that. So mm -hmm. dramaturgy for me goes very well with this pitching that I do in uh, some short movies festival, that it's how you find a creative idea and how you work around it so that you have uh, an, art, an art product at the end. And this is for me the same thing when you teach in the drama school. Um, like I teach uh, dramaturgy and uh, theater history. But again, um, the way that you understand the past or the core of a text or something is the same thing of how you find an idea. So all of that goes back to what I was referring to before that. Uh, me, myself, as a person, I use this um, interdisciplinary stuff to create my identity as an artist or a person who cares about society. So I found for myself a fundamental idea why we do art for. And for me, it's for the audience development and the way we teach democracy and the way we teach uh, self-contained, uh, how you can be self-contained and you know healthy yeah, yeah in the way that you process yourself in the arts mm -hmm. so it's a lot of that so one of the big achievements which was uh you know uh something that uh, a lot of the things that i have done in the past has been very helpful is the way that i directed like in a dramaturgical and direct directing way this whole three years program of the liceum epidarus which unfortunately stopped very suddenly and it had a lot of other potential but we'll see maybe it will come back um, that uh, we um, um, made a great uh, um, ongoing um, advertisement for people to come to Greece and uh, relate themselves um, with the ancient tragedy and comedy of Greece in the in the birthplace of these open-air spaces under the hot sun of the summer and that they would go, do workshops on the field, like in the soil. Uh -huh. and, uh, and that it's not um, to become uh, Peter Stein in a way, but uh -huh. it's more to go to the ground basis of mm -hmm. the archetypical reason that people really actually want to do the arts. So mm -hmm. that we would recreate for a young artist the idea that they can remove the, themselves from the Hollywood status, from the big festival status, from the TV um, expressi expressivity status, the star system, and uh, that to reflect that, uh, 
the art of the actor is also an, an, art, an art that it's like a joker that you go in the village and you speak the truth or mm -hmm. it's uh, the way that you would perform in ancient theater that you would perform for people to understand how to vote, how they would create um, democracy on the present time instead of our you know, fluent democracy that we have now. So I think that uh, it's interesting if you focus on the way that um, theater, either to the artist or to the audience, can create a more personal and more um, constant yes. way of thinking about society. Mm. That's, that's something really that distinguishes the, the Greek tradition up, up to today. I found that um, when I, I had such a great time in Athens, so I'm looking forward to coming back, um, that all the, the artists and the teachers, like everyone I interviewed to museum directors, to the president of the Acropolis, that there is this deep, um, where it was in a lot of countries over time, as you say, over the star system, the Hollywood or whatever, um, the notion of entertainment and what is educational, what is political and what is um, a, a drama, a, an artifice or something is very separate. Like we have, we're, in, we're going to enjoy ourselves and we're not going to want to think about it too much. And we don't want to, even if we think, we don't want to make, make the next step of having some social or political activity but um i really for all the um, artists in greece that i had a great opportunity to interview were so engaged and they didn't see them as separate activities maybe as one leads to the other or maybe makes it more human to help us understand concretely these issues maybe um i'm not i'm not so enthusiastic as you are i mean i think that uh um, I think it's a lot of micropolitics in, in Greece uh, mm -hmm. because now it's very hipster to say that you do education. So uh, there is a lot of European money that they come for educational purposes of or audience development. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, it's the new little uh, caramel in the mouth mm -hmm. to say that uh, you do education, you care for the people and stuff like that. It's, it's very becoming. Uh, so I don't have it in my agenda, it be, and I don't see so many people that they have, they are like specialized in this sort of uh, knowledge that is needed. Nor do they, nor do they have uh, curators close to them that they have some, um, um, you know, um, past experience on this subject. So they they usually either copy paste it from somewhere that they have seen it, mm -hmm. or they do it with like twenty people children that they are in these nice private schools and that's fine i mean it's through the purpose in my in my opinion the the theater the the arts and the curriculum uh has not been very well um acquainted yet still if you think so if you think that uh, these uh, rhetorics more in greece i'm very glad uh and if that happens then i would assume other than the hipster that it has to do with the way that uh, the crisis um, has uh, stopped a lot of uh, the first-rate uh, production val value that existed. So theater had to be, be n n not that it, it became less, but it became poorer, but not in a way that Grot Grotowski would say, it, but just poorer, you know. Um, and people were not getting paid very much from that. 
and uh, the status of production was low and all of that. So probably the people at that point, which is now maybe five years, they decided that um, uh, they have to also try to find a way to make theater, for example, mean something other than the fun part of it because, you know, and uh, being in Greece, because everybody in Greece in their high school years, they have been taught Antigone, yeah. you know, yeah. it's taxing you in a way that uh, you, you, you were uh, the um, creator of Western uh, <laughs> philosophy and you invented the West and whatever, and uh, you were the inventor of democracy. So, you know, sometimes it goes in your brain stupidly, but also in a very deep way. So, so um, it's a it's a part of um, uh, Greece being being taught that ancient Greece was uh, the culture that uh, would teach through the arts. It would teach anyway because it was the superpower, and uh, this creates sometimes uh, uh, other stupidly stated, but sometimes very deep also in the way that uh, a, a Greek person can actually understand quickly that uh, whatever is being on stage or in writing or as a, a building, uh, it is there to educate somebody uh, to be in the prime culture of its time, that it would bring ethics and rhetorics and uh, military advices together so that they will stay a superpower. So maybe together with, uh, with all this crisis of you know, at the end, it's the question of who we are. Maybe it's all combining. But but the the, the educational system, the, the the educational the and the arts, I'm. It's a it, when it happens together, it's still in a way uh, superficial. And this is because of the educational system mostly that it's poor. Like it goes a little, but uh, not in a way that it is. Uh, you know. Um, uh, it has a narrative that can be long-term. But I'm very glad that you are mentioning this stuff. I would never think about it. Well, I think that, I mean, it's just something that I feel as an outsider, and I know that it's an imperfect in terms of you can't expect the arts to solve everything or the education to solve everything or that the, or that the teaching of the arts uh, is always going to have an educational benefit. But I I think it is also down to individual teachers so that I feel I like I, I met a, a strong concentration of artists who are also involved in some way in teaching but also I think that you might possibly you take it a little bit for granted in terms of um, everywhere you go in Athens or different parts of Greece you have a very strong sense of the history all around you so you don't, I mean, also I live in Paris, so, you know, two streets away is uh, Roman ruins. So, and there's Notre Dame, you know, it's so close. So, so I can take, I can take it for granted because that layer of history is living right alongside the contemporary and uh, I take, I, I don't see it anymore. Um, but I did notice it was different and even more, even so that, France, uh, Parisians have a sense of history. Their sense of history does not go as far back to ancient Greece, you know. Um, yeah. But you find, uh, because I think it is very much in your education system, that 
or for instance, if I compare it to our American students, um, there are some of them studying history or art history or whatever, but uh, many of them don't have the same sense of history, um, most definitely, uh, that I would have encountered in the average person in Greece. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, but, it's, but I, I think, I know on the university level, this is, uh, there's a lot of very curious young people, so you can't generalize, but um, it's, I think it's very nice, and that's what the president, you know, Dimitris Pandamalis said to me, you know, to have a sense of history, and also the histories of different countries, because we don't all mm -hmm. look at the world in the same way, there are many ways of looking at the world. So I think it's something we can learn and to teach students. Before I forget, I want to say, and then we'll discuss more of your different projects and different festivals, is that now during confinement or like a very limited social uh, connection, if there's any projects that you're involved in, we are inviting our creative responses from our students so that if they cannot be performed now, then they can at least engage with an audience beyond Greece and uh, we we'll, will share our, their creative responses with you. I'm Jesse Jensen, an undergraduate student studying communications at the University of Iowa. Along with my studies and part-time job, I'm working with the creative process as an associate podcast producer and interviewer. Georgina caught my attention early on when discussing this idea of teaching through the arts. For Georgina, a strictly performative relationship with the audience wasn't enough. It was for this reason that she chose the path that allowed her to have a more personal and engaging relationship with her audience. People who identify as directors and actors tend to feed off the crowd and attention, whereas people like Georgina find reward from teaching and inspiring the crowd to chase their passion. Artists like Georgina won't receive the same recognition, of course. However, they are so important and integral to the arts. Every artist needs a Georgina in their lives. Someone who is willing to invest their time, energy, and lives towards helping artists find and develop their true artistic identity. Later, when talking about how she manages to bridge the generational gap with the youth, Georgina says something that I have since reflected upon. She references the phrase, don't be silly, a phrase many children are told when they might be acting outside the societal definition of what it looks like to be mature and become an adult. This idea of don't be silly becomes reinforced into us by a culture that disassociates adults from words like silly, fun, crazy, weird. However, making exceptions here and there for performers and artists. I'm interested in learning and seeing how through the arts and theater, artists are able to preserve and sometimes tap into that silliness that is or once was in all of us during our adolescence. This silliness is often so rare to find in adults because one must first forget something that we've been taught most our life to be ashamed of. As I near the end of my college career and I face the death of my youth, I will always try and keep that silliness with me in my work, relationships, and day-to-day -day life. Um, we, I'm, I'm not into a, a project that it's like uh, with students at the moment, although no. we have a, 
I have been teaching throughout this period in the classes uh, we did with, uh, I don't know if this is a, an advertisement, but we did it with Zoom anyway. So, um, so a, a, lot of, a lot of the things that I have been doing uh, continue to be done. And uh, it was a very interesting way uh, on how the students were committed and they were very, very concentrated on camera in order to learn. And, but I also did some uh, a theater workshop for um, people that they are usually educators in uh, secondary schools um, that I do often with the TIE net, the Theater in Education uh, Panhellenic net. It's a very, very vibrant and very, very, um, you know, uh, active uh, network that we, the theater educators, give workshops to people of, for education. So non-governmental but still it's, it does most of the things mm -hmm. uh, so I gave a I gave a workshop an eight year eight hours workshop about the documentary theater which was all like uh, an acting course mm -hmm. so I have done some research of how you can actually create a project because this workshop ends in, into a project so I have now a lot of ideas, but now they unlocked us. So I will not do the ideas probably, but with the, uh, the um, uh, cultural, the Stavros Niarchos Cultural Foundation that I collaborate for a year, we tomorrow we have uh, a shooting because um, throughout the last year, uh, every month I, there was a, another well-known actor, actress, uh, that we were creating a new narrative and narration of how somebody can see the park. So maybe it was with some bits and pieces from the Odyssey and all the other time it was with songs that they relate to flowers or the other time it was um, um, with a um, literature book that refers to how your roots are being cut down and you have a, you know, so related stuff in dramaturgy that they all always give a new creeps for the audience because it's the same park, but different every time. But now we decided that we're going to do that uh, on camera so that people can actually have a walk in the park in their houses. So this is a, pro a program that I now do like uh, in a coronavirus way through the camera. It's interesting though, because I think that um, um, it gives all this period gave a very, very strong argument for the artists mm -hmm. on how to uh, reevaluate re their means. Mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting. A lot of people went in very serious crisis of who they are now that they are not live and they are not uh, like touching each other and cry together, that they are not live with audiences. And uh, to, the, to the people or the programmers that uh, thought otherwise, that was a great game. Yeah. You can also think otherwise. In other, I mean, it, was, it, it is a great chance that somebody would be live but mm, interactive but not real or you know a lot of very interesting ideas spring up in a way like you were saying what happened with the financial crisis and the uh, greek uh, artist responses it became poorer uh, but enriched in some way and we are poorer in terms of physical connection but it inspires us to use our imagination you know in other ways um so i would love to in include that you'll share with us a link to that so that maybe we can invite creative responses yes of course of course and 
Um, and we should say, for those who haven't visited the Stavros Nashus Cultural Center, it's a magnificent grounds, a Renzo Piano design building. I think it's really, um, it's really beautiful and it's more than a museum. It has a concert hall, a magnificent park for performances when performances will be possible again. Um, it's really lovely. So we'll share images of that too. Um, I want to go back to something because you had mentioned um, pitch, you do the pitching lab. And I think there's an art to the pitch and particularly it's very competitive to get your film project financed or whatever. So there is a kind of charisma and a storytelling involved even before the story is made, right? So what are some of the things that you, you impart to share during those workshops? Uh, so th this idea has started eight, uh, like um, now eight years ago uh, with my very, very great collaborator, Varvara Duca, that she was, was, they started this idea. She went to the drama, to the festival uh, um, before me. So this is called the Short Movies uh, International uh, Festival of Drama. Mm -hmm. But drama is a city, right? It's not drama, it's a city. <laughs> so that happens in Greece is an international festival and uh, we select some ideas like through internet which maybe uh, um, reach 200 ideas for new movies and then we select only 10 people and we have uh, a week of pitching the idea uh, so it involves the way that you work your title your uh, um, log line the way that you create your summary uh, if there are dialogues the way that you can deal with your script also the visual support and the support of uh, your other movies so that you, somebody can see your aesthetics or your state of mind or your influence of other cinematographers. And then there is also a lot of things because both me and Varvara and our guests, we usually have some uh, connection with the theater. We give a lot of advice of how you put yourself up on stage. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what makes a difference compared to a lot of pitching labs where more cinematographical because they are run now with um, script writers and uh, cin cinema or uh, TV directors, that mm -hmm. we, uh, we have a team of people that they are actually relate to the theater. So the, 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 there is a great value in your presence when you pitch. Mm -hmm. So I think that has given a very, very good, uh, very good ideas of uh, how to pitch it, how to find money and how to, you know, rethink of their ideas in general. And um, a lot of the movies that we have pitched have won, have been done and they have won a lot of awards and uh, it's a very, very uh, creative process. We did not expect ourselves also to be so creative. And for that I can, uh, because now uh, the drama festival renewed its site and I can also share some ideas of how we do the pitching there. And from that, we started with a collaborator festival to do a pitching lab that I'm sort of leading now for children and youth. Um, and uh, in this uh, other festival, the Olympia Festival, International Olympia Festival, Olympia where the Greek uh, Games started, Olympic Games, so Olympia. Um, and, and this is for, uh, it's for national, it's for Greeks. So mm -hmm. because there is no film industry in Greece for children and youth uh, in, in the market, trying to create uh, a will for somebody to ask for money and to apply to do a, a fiction movie or a short movie 
um, in a local in in a local settlement. So you know, all these things are interesting. And uh, uh, now in the other festival that happens in Greece, a private, not with uh, um, not with uh, state money, but a private funded. Uh, um, um, a private-funded uh, uh, festival, although it's in the, in the megaron of music, so there is some um, government support there. Uh, we are trying to build up uh, theater, uh, not theater, cinema or whatever, uh, live action games or now uh, through Zoom, things that somebody can uh, um, do with a classroom after watching a movie. So it's a sort of theater education, but not theater education anymore, class education of how you distribute ideas and how you have a collectivity or an ensemble workshop after watching something. So that the cinema is not a product of 12 minutes, but it's a starting point for you to discuss matters of interest. Yes, so I'm, I'm wondering, you know, it's, it's, it's unusual for someone to be involved with teaching, as you said, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a generalist too, like I'm interested in so many things, so I think it's really important to always be curious beyond one's small circle, so it's unusual for someone to have involvement in teaching both very young people, uh, you know, at the university level too, and then adults, you know, you know working with theater companies, so I'm wondering whether, how does your approach change when you're teaching like very young people and how, how what do you, is a basis that's universally true for everyone and what do you get out of the different experiences from teaching young and old? Well for me and maybe this also has to do with uh, what I started in the beginning that I have a, a, a lot of library inside my head. They call me Juggle <laughs> because they call me Joe so they call me Juggle because I invent ideas all the time, uh, but but because I, I think that I have this uh, self um, um, uh, uh, self uh, uh, strength that I can produce ideas easily, that uh, I I'm not uh, so frustrated when I go in a class, mm -hmm. and so I understand what is the class need and the class level and the and the class's uh, sentimental appreciation of what's happening. So I cannot really answer this question because for me it ha it's happening easy. But if there is something that connects to what I do uh, is that I always seek for the same thing, that somebody will strength strengthen up, that they can stand across from other people and they can say their opinion mm -hmm. and the other people will, will respect it. And then everybody will do it. Mm -hmm. So this very, very basic idea that you can find in Antigone, that uh, also Antigone and Creon, they can have their ideas, but all, also the chorus, they can have their ideas. This is a basic structure. For me, it's a, the, the only re the reason I do theater, that because theater can, uh, or, or the other arts also, because if you do theater as an educational tool, what happens either is from an aesthetic point of view text point of view or um, um, ensemble point of view. Um, it, it needs, in my archetypical point of view, to strengthen, to strengthen society so that people are not afraid to say what they want. So then for me, if it's uh, with very little words, if it is with uh, Lacan and uh, whatever, and Uberto Eco, um, it, the, the, the goal for me is the same. So it's not so different from one another. And uh, if it's a six-year-old or if it's uh, an, uh, an academic 
from Utah, who is 75, because I have also taught teachers of classics, for example, um, university teachers of classics, for example. Uh, for me, the goal is the same, that we are equal on what we do. So somebody might have to upgrade how they think, or some, sometimes you have to low down how you think so that you are relevant to the others. So I, I don't have uh, another answer rather than experience. And so just to focus in on some of those elements, so you've taught workshops on the chorus, you've also taught, I'm, I'm very interested in improvisation, and that's another thing that goes hand in hand with public speaking that people are so fearful. Uh, afraid of doing so what are the what, what are some of those things that you say for those making their first steps in improvisation that can be frightening for a lot of people I love it but some people are frightened by it I think that for improvisation people are basically afraid like mm -hmm. not really like the actors but uh, the starters mm -hmm. if it's actors also the starters or, or, or stuff like that in my opinion, improvisation has a problem that uh, the more mature actors, they don't have anymore because their life is already very fake. But when you start, the, the truth mm -hmm. uh, is uh, very explosive, mm -hmm. so you feel very vulnerable. But mm -hmm. also you think that you are, you, you usually think that you are one of these boring guys, that yeah. you are boring, that your uh, body or your uh, hands or your eyes they do not they do not have a narrative that it is interesting mm -hmm. so when you ask them and you say how are you the answer is okay no 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 how are you okay no no how are you okay so it's like you don't reveal you think that whatever you say it's not interesting so i think the improvisation as a basic problem is that you don't go you don't expose it so easily because you think it's uninteresting. Then somebody tells you that you don't have to do something interesting. You just have to raise your glass and drink. So then you think that it is very simplistic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Although it's something in between. It's something that uh, what would happen if. Yes. So it's more of a game. But you see, when we're grown-ups, all this game period has passed so quickly, so non-comprehensively that you don't think that you are allowed to do some crazy stuff. Uh -huh. uh, because when you were uh, like 12, somebody told you, don't be silly. Exactly. And then you spend all your life having this awful thing in mind. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. And it, that's for everything. It's where, for when you require a job. is the way that you have a boyfriend. It's the way that you have everything that don't be silly part. Yes. So this is the problem with improvisation. Yes, and basically we have outsourced the silliness or the freeness to the actors. Like you yes. be for us and yes. we want you to be silly. Ah, and we laugh at them. That's they're... true. That's true. <laughs> um, luckily, I feel I, I didn't grow up too much in a bad way. <laughs> so I say I'm still silly. I, and um, it's even strange because you pick 12 and, and another... Um, the director of the Polobolis Dance Company, he was also saying that to me is like, it's hard to teach a young people dance because uh, like an adolescence, you know, then they start to cover up and they'll be ashamed of their body uh, or being told it's not, it's too sexual, it's too whatever, you know? 
So it's it's really strange the way I wouldn't like to say we harm, but we teach we teach things. Um, we teach people to be ashamed of things that are really just natural and and uh, and I, I think there in some ways we have to modify that because that's why people get unhappy because they are hiding all the time. That's true, and this is why I always say that for me, um, the best, the, the main idea is the physical presence that you are there. And uh, either if you speak or if you attend, um, you are there and your body matters because uh, your mind is a part of your body. So your body matters. You, you, you being there matters. Whatever comes of, out of your mind is a political act. Whatever, whatever doesn't come out of your mind, mouth, it's a political act. So you can choose to speak. Otherwise, it's also a political act anyways. So, and, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm also interested in, it's funny because it's a coincidence and I just saw that, that you had done an adaptation of Jack Thorne. I just interviewed him the other day. <laughs> so, really? Um, it's just the other day, <laughs> less than a week ago. So, um, and uh, you've done an adaptation of uh, his his play based on the Antigone kind of. A, in my opinion, it's based on Antigone. We haven't talked about it, but it's I think it's very clear. It says burying your brother in the pavement. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the way I did it, it was uh, not based in Antigone, but the theater program after the show was based in Antigone. So I guess we were talking there about adaptations and you've done a lot of, uh, you know, contemporary reworkings of ancient, te uh, ancient um, drama. Uh, what are, and because they've been interpreted a number of times, what are some things, or maybe you could describe particular plays that you have adapted um, that, what are some things that you try to include to reinvigorate those um, pieces? Or you might mention your approach. So I have been doing this um, art uh, work for 12 years. And basically when I was bitter, a bit bitter before about the education and the theater is because um, the, the uh, theater for adolescent audiences has not been done in Greece at all, at all. So it was only me and another woman that started that, like also to also the same period, uh, like 10, 12 years ago. And uh, then sometimes the, the, the theater venues, they also had a, a adolescent uh, a, a, um, targeted theater play, but then no, but then yes, but then no. So it never, it, it never became something that uh, to become part of the market. And uh, I think that is a very good reason for that because uh, the adolescent period, I don't know if it's like that in other places, but I think it's in a very, very gray zone. I mean, uh, we don't want to create uh, free thinkers and they are left other with these uh, international projects like the Harry Potter project or Vampire Diaries projects, you know, uh, superhero stuff in adolescent. And uh, the, 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 um, the Ministry of Education or the schools or the um, society, they don't care to ask them any, anything. They don't care to create a dialogue with people that they are going to be uh, civilians 
like three years later, right? So somebody is 15 years old and they don't know what, what voting means. They don't know what stating your opinion means. They don't know what uh, having responsibility means. Mm -hmm. And so they don't know how to express how they feel freely without being a part of a pre prefabricated idea. And, um, and uh, I started that because uh, as I told you, I never cared to be judged with the uh, system rules, but the knowledge I had, which, which was a lot, especially from the dramaturgy that I did as a major uh, job uh, for a lot of years before, that I started to complain a lot about this stuff, the way I talk to you now. And then I said, if I'm complaining, why don't I do it? I mean, is it possible that in my life I will complain for something others do or don't do? So I started to become um, a director, which was not in my uh, initiative plans. So I have been a director now for all these years. And it sta started from my very urgent need that uh, I wanted to find a way that people, when they see a play, that they understand that it is made for them, that somebody wants to, um, you know, to um, uh, re re repost to rearrange the ideas of a play so for the for a 15 year old person to understand that it is also for them so this is why i never apart from this first part because i'm because it has an digon inside i did not follow up to do all these uh plays that they're like about bullying and about sex something or about this stuff I thought that uh, what I was interested in is to go to the fundamental ideas that usually all these classical texts they give, ancient drama and Shakespeare, and I also did some uh, Goethe at some point, complete failure, Goethe. Goethe, ah. but the devil. I thought that uh, there are a lot of things like uh, the Netflix series that Jack Thor was writing, Skins. Well, it's much better for, a, for an adolescent person to see. It's arrogant. It's in your face, and you actually see the stuff that uh, youth is talking about, with, which is sex, drugs, um, homosexuality, trans, drugs, drugs, drugs. I mean, you know, you know. But, but we as adults, we don't do that. We, we do something which is very conservative. So mm -hmm. I thought, instead of being a preacher, that I would do something that relates to values, that relates to um, unique questions that when you, are, when you are 15, you start asking about them. Like, who am I? What happens when I die? Will I ever be loved? Is success the, bigger, the biggest accomplishment? Uh, who, who am I? Again, like Oedipus. So I thought that I, I would concentrate my plays on the questions, that they always are like that. And when you are 15, you, are, you ask them for the first time. So all my characters in all those plays that I have done a lot of them now, uh, always they have main questions like Faust. And then the subtitle is me inside the world that I live in. Who am I inside the world? For somebody I'm a daughter, for somebody I am a son, for somebody I am a lover. But uh, these are the, 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 I made them in the play very clear. Yeah. Not the simplistic, but clear. So people, they can recreate scenes or they can recreate questions or raise questions in a theatrical way after the show. 
So after we do the show, we have one hour that we take with the actors, that we take parts of the show or to the questions raised in a more free way. And uh, we make theater on the in situ, on the spot with the audience so that they can say their opinion. So it's not the opinion. Did you like the play? Yes. What did you like? This part, N not this way. But they become the, the, the dramatic persona or they become the interviewers or they become the, themselves in a similar situation of how they would react. So this is the feedback. And uh, of course, you understand that this has worked miracles. Yeah, because the thing fantastic. Is it's fantastic. It's I'm a life-changing experience for the people who attend it. It's not, a, it's not about theater. Theater is the means for a life-changing experience that it, it was the first time, every, all, of the, all of the people usually say that, like it was the first time that we were not censored and we can say our opinion in school. Inside the school, we say our opinion. Right. Strange. No, that's really a beautiful thing. And I think that that really speaks to what I believe are one of the uh, essential, if, if arts has a purpose, and I think that arts has a purpose, um, is that it's to, uh, it's not just to be something existing outside of us, but its real value is when your own, when the audience's imagination is engaged, and then it can change their life, I should say. So I want to just repeat that some of those questions like who am I, is success the ultimate value uh, in, in life, you know, will I ever be loved, you know, um, I can remember all of them, I just want to repeat that for students, if you have creative responses to that, even um, academic essay or something, it depend, whatever your creative works is, I want to invite that in response so we can share that back with um, uh, Georgina and her different um, organizations. Um, I want to ask also because you also have another unique experience of that you've not just been teaching to um, Greek um, students or Greek, you're teaching art within Greece, you have traveled to Mexico, China, Iran, I mean, so as you traveled and did these workshops, how, you know, do you change it a little bit because the audience changes, what were the things that they were interested in, how did you adapt to their approach i will tell you only these two experiences because i think they are very they are very iconic as experiences like uh, for example um the workshop i did uh, i did in, in iran in tehran uh, and that was two, two years uh, uh, with the same students uh here and then the next year um, it was a very, very strange experience because these people were, were not, are not allowed to touch each other. So the way that we now have the coronavirus, this happens without a disease there, right? I'm yeah. not trying to be political, I'm just stating it, I'm not even criticizing it. But for somebody who comes from Europe and they want, you may you want to, to do a, a workshop about something that is with um, the, the ways that we do theater in Europe, um, you have a lot of problems of how you can, and also we had a person from the state inside ah. that would record it okay. in, in the room. So, you know, it, that's strange. And also the women have to wear um, uh, all these uh, um, things in their head. So, mm -hmm. also me. So, yeah. that yeah. So, also in the classroom, like, you know, they're wearing these big black uh, dresses on top of everything. 
Um, but that was interesting because in this one, men were allowed because it, it was a university theater international. It was a part of a festival, Fazer festival. Mm -hmm. And uh, then um, very, very quickly, um, the people started to want to make a little uh, theater piece, like uh, to show something on their idea. And they wanted to touch each other, but they were not allowed. And they were not allowed to talk about very uh, strange things. So I let them use their um, phones and everybody there has a, a VPN. Otherwise, all, all of it is blocked. And they exchanged their ideas through the phone. So, you know, they had a coronavirus experience without a coronavirus. So they discussed what they wanted to say on the phone. So the radical idea that they are afraid that they're going to be uh, locked down if they say it was spread in the classroom through a message. And then they started, uh, they wanted to make something like a riot, like seemingly riot. And women and men are not allowed to touch, right? And they hold the phones mm -hmm. and, you know, like that, my hand, his hand. So mm -hmm. they did not touch because they were touching the phones because through the, the, the iPhones, they now have developed a new communication like between the sexes and between ideologies. So that for me was, wow, super strange, mm -hmm. super amazing. This is why I think that we can do theater now with the coronavirus very, very well so, very nicely done. And then in Mexico, I did a workshop that related to the myth of Antigone when I went there. It was interesting because it was a very apocalyptic workshop because like all of the people that came and they were uh, actors that uh, some of them have careers on TV and stuff like that, not only young people, um, some of them, had uh, already people that they have been disappeared mm -hmm. and uh, they found this very very extreme new meaning on antigone uh not about how you bury a body but what do you do with a body which is not there at all mm -hmm. all right and, yeah so very very different experiences that uh, from me i am invited there as a greek to do like the ancient drama stuff and then um, it becomes political and uh, life-changing so rapidly. It's mm -hmm. such an amazing experience when you have uh, other cultures. I mean, it's so also, it makes your idea, ideas flourish, you know. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, that is, as you say, that's also, they both relate to the coronavirus because now, I mean, for instance, my father recently died and we couldn't have a funeral. Not because he didn't die of corona, but... I couldn't travel and the, there's no, so I can imagine all these little tragedies and usually you're able to close that with a ceremony, a ritual, and it's so hard, you know? So I don't know that they make it people blocked in terms of how they can express. Yeah. Hmm. This is why I talk about the theater, in the theater in a way that it is, um, it creates an audience an audience, but an audience for life, not an audience for the theater, not somebody which is like something which is uh, preserved across from you. And you only can think, mm, yes, no. You know, it's like going to the Ikea that you say, mm, yes, no, maybe I will buy the couch. But even in, in Ikea, they have a whole room where you can sit, right? Yeah. Even if you're about to buy it, they just, they actually tell you, sit down, have the experience. 
like in the, in the very major venues, theater, it doesn't happen. It, it, it's becoming even better and better and better and better and better and more uh, uh, fantastic and more, you know, exuberant. And there is a very, very strange wall, a very strange glass between you, the audience, and the spectacle. Mm. I don't really understand the fuzz, you know, in the coronavirus. What is the fuzz about going to the theater for a lot of cases? Because when you see theater, there is a glass already there. Mm. It does not relate to the audience. Like, okay, you, you understand what I mean. Yeah. I do. yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I hope, I mean, I know I've spoken with a lot of people who are, you know, theater actor and just everyone involved and anything kind of really collaborative and big and public. Um, so I know they are concerned and I know a number of them have said, oh, well, maybe I'll get them to teach me or whatever. <laughs> they, they don't know, they'll teach online and videos or something. Um, so I, I know that it's, it's, an, it's a, like a basic need, you know, that we have to fill somehow. Um, and so I'm sure they'll find ways uh, to do it. Like even they said for films that maybe they will do the drive-in. Well, you can't really do it like in Paris, but they'll do, bring back the drive-in. <laughs> you know, yeah. there'll be these ways. Um, but I'm sure that the hunger is so great that we, it will spur some innovation so that people can can be in a, a natural way. But as you say, some countries already have a kind of clo cl closed off from um, physical context. So they, they find ways somehow. Um, yeah, that, that was so interesting. Um, I think I think we speak about many of the things, but you yourself, you know, what are you missing? I guess Greece is now going, it's going to become more public or because Greece has not, it has actually managed pretty well. Yeah, yeah. They went pretty well. They went pretty well, the things. Um, now we are uh, one week, but uh -huh. we don't have a lockdown. Uh -huh. All right. So it's completely open, movement and everything? Well, it's uh, completely open. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the stores started today. Mm -hmm. um, next week, the cafes and restaurants will start. Mm -hmm. And next week also the last uh, high school class will start because mm -hmm. they have to give exams to go to the university. So mm -hmm. that has created a huge debate, as you understand, mm -hmm. on whether the students should go or they shouldn't, mm -hmm. or that the Greek ministry should, have a fi should find another way for them to, to give the exams or whatever, all the possible scenarios. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, I feel that uh, society um, try, always finds a way to get, um, you know, to create distance, you know, to, to create opposition. Mm -hmm. So we were in a great uh, solidarity when we were locked down. Mm -hmm. And already one week, there are so much edges uh, so much uh, blame, so much, um, um, you know, uh, scenarios of, uh, you know, the science fiction scenarios that uh, none of it, none of it ever happened, and you, whatever. Yeah. So, oh, of course it, of course it happened. I mean, I think that, yeah, I mean, that's just for conspiracy, but I think that 
the right to be cautious. I mean, I, I don't want to be locked in forever, but... Are you locked down? Yeah, in Paris, well, to, actually, today, we had a little bit more free, freedom of movement um, without a piece of paper. We had to have a piece of paper before, but um, not everything is open yet, so there's not really much reason to go out, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, well, in Greece, it's the same. You can uh, just go around your prefecture, mm -hmm. and you don't need to have a paper, but uh, you cannot leave your prefecture. Yeah. So you cannot go to an, uh, and to, uh, you cannot travel to the islands at all. So mm -hmm. it's not that we are free now, but uh, we have what you have now. We have we have it already one week. Yeah, but there's still a lot, not a lot of places open, and I I have to agree. Uh, I mean, the gathering places and all that that shouldn't be open. I don't think you know. Um, I agree. Yeah. So um, I guess I like to talk about. You've been talking a lot about you know, discussing your teaching, which teachers, and I guess also by extension collaborators, um, you know, have been important to, to you, you know, as you were? Mm, that's a tricky question because, uh, because I have, uh, I changed the disciplinary so quickly. Uh -huh. So I, 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 you know, I move from here and there and I'm not sure that, you know, I have focused. But I can say that uh, there has been uh, two or three people that uh, gave me uh, so many great ideas of how to do some things. Like, uh, for example, I will say the last one first, uh, because uh, he died like 10 days ago. So this um, great, great theater teacher, Philip Zarilli, mm -hmm. uh, he died on the 28th of April. I was not a student of his, but... Uh, uh, he was one of the people that uh, I had met when we were doing a, a theater school for um, for the actors uh, when I was working in the National Theater at the time with Eleni Varopoulou. And I met him and he introduced to me this uh, multicultural theater, theater for development in such a fantastic way of how you, 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 you don't do... Um, Ex, um, exploit, exploitation of, um, of ex, and exoticism when you go to other uh, to other um, cultures, uh, but uh, you actually you really take the ideas of uh, training and you put them there to create a theater for for for, for your well-being for something that um, can create a community rather than. Um, an accession. So um, I would say that uh, his thinking has been very influential to me and uh, I think it was on this basis, actually it, he was the first person to come and give a speech the first day of the Liceo Mavidarus. It was uh, very influential what he had done and the people that he um, helped to do. A lot of uh, the teachers in the Liceo has, have been his students. Oh, wow. In Greece and uh, other places in the world anyways. So I think that I would say that he, he has been an influence. And um, there are some people that they are like uh, from a very, very basic background that they have been my, my teachers. Like my, my very great colleague, Elias Pitsikas. He's a Greek guy that he's doing um, theater with kindergarten uh, kids. And uh, when I was studying theater and dramatic arts and stuff like that, you know, I was expected to be the new Brecht or something. And uh, 
he took me with him to some uh, uh, kindergarten people that they were uh, already refugees and they were already very poor or very, very far away from Greece. And uh, we were paying ourselves to go just uh, to feel human. And that was a great gift because I was clever. So the academia wanted me to be a part of it. And then I was uh, uh, playful. So the theater thought the, the, they gave me roles in the theater as an actress. So I, I had the, the good package of how to do this thing. So it was a great swift of, the, of your eye to see how theater is something that helps people. Or with Philip Zarilli, that theater is something that brings the, un the world together, but like in a way of sharing. So I, th I would state this too, because uh, they would not like it. <laughs> yes, but they, they should not stop. like it, but I'm stating them because they don't do it for a reason to be stated. Yes, um, yeah, that's, what's, that's what's so nice about great teachers, you know, they don't take the credit for themselves, but their, their legacy is in each one of their students yeah, and yeah. what they in the world. And I guess, you know, we're an educational initiative too, and I guess we've been discussing it a little, I think it's on everyone's minds, it's the future, it's like, what are the problems in society, with the environment, you know, with education, uh, technology, uh, and what can we do, I, I guess, you know, as you think about some things that you'd like to do, what, what would you do to if you could change some of these systems for the better, to have a, a better tomorrow uh, for the young people, um, and how could the arts be a part of that? First, I would hire me <laughs> yes. to, to go back to the Ministry of Culture and the Ministry of uh, Education, mm -hmm. and uh, I would uh, ask for the government to give me a lot of money in a 10 years term that I can sign the money me myself <laughs> so that I can build a huge network of other people that they can know the, 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 this job and they don't need me at all. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's me. <mixed. laughs> so so that uh, we can we, so it's not me at all right so a lot of people that i know can train other people that i know that they can uh, uh create projects that they are of very high art mm -hmm. that is for the use for younger people to become better people to be more functional mm -hmm. and also be a good audience and then uh, with this uh, money i would give uh, i will assign people who are the ones who are the best not the ones who are, who are around mm. but the ones that are not mentioned but they know the job both in the theater as well as in education so this is how it would change greece is a very difficult country in those senses because uh, people are uh, um very very uh, traumatized, traumatized for the uh, because of um, how do you say a war that it is between the same country? Uh, yes, um, it's like a civil war. Civil. There is a civil 
there is a there is a left and right idea of some um, old argument that Greeks they, they argue they 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 take places they don't have solidarity so when the left is winning they destroy everything that the right has done and then when the right is winning they destroy everything that has been done so it's like uh, starting every time from the beginning so the infrastructure is being demolished and then it starts again so and i think this is tra traumatic it's because we were uh, not free for a good 500 years and in our actual soul we are low in our representation of the world. We don't rule, we follow. Mm -hmm. And you know that followers have a lot of problems <laughs> because they can follow too easily, right? So they can become opponents to the followers of other people. Although they're in the same very, very hard, hard being, right? They should be together instead of being here and there. Anyway, that's uh, the way, that's a dystopia in present use. Yes. Well, it's, it's interesting. I think that Greece isn't alone in having, I guess, a, a civil war was, is not true. Maybe it's like a party political polarized uh, power structure. And um, it is something that we're seeing a lot. And I, we really see that we have to come together and understand. We have to collaborate just like it was a theatrical production, you know. You, no one is in a play that wants to see the other. Everyone, you have to root for everyone in the audience and everyone behind the scene and the person doing the lighting and the sets. And every, you don't want anyone not to do their job well. But in politics, sadly, it seems that people don't want, even if it's good for the whole of the country, they don't want to see the other succeed. <laughs> so no. it's. So that's another thing is if I could also say the, the things that the theater or performance arts, collaborative arts teach us is that is how we all collaborate and we you know, united one for all, like the, cor the Greek chorus, you know, one for all and or all for one, sorry. And another thing I think that the, te the theater teaches us, which is just like a same secondary, but anytime you're in the audience in the theater, you know, you are listening with your whole being. And listening is some kind of underrated skill now. <laughs> it is really, but you learn to listen and you learn to listen when you're a performer. If you're any good, you're most of the time listening yeah. and reacting, and, but listening first. So, um, so these are one of some of the things that I really appreciate about the theater and the collaborative arts. So I want to, in, in, in closing, I want to thank you, uh, Georgina Kakodaki, for inviting us into uh, your creative world, your <laughs> over 25 years, uh, you know, in the theater and teaching, um, you know, uh, in, in bringing together past and present of theater and film. Uh, and you know, by extension, we we thank Greece. We were so lucky to have a great a Greek contribution to the creative process, and all of us are, of course, continually drawing upon uh, Greece's outstanding contributions to world culture. So I want to thank you, uh, Georgina, again for adding your voice to the creative process. Thank you very much that that you have taking so much time to learn all these things about me and ask me. Thank you. It was, uh, 
of a very nice present. So I will also give you a, a thank you present. Okay, what is this? So I will just uh, show you my flowers that I collected today because I don't want to go out. <laughs> Beautiful. I collected these roses. Ah, that's so nice. I can. So if, if I was there, I would just give it to you. <laughs> well, I can I collect it from a garden. <laughs> This interview was conducted by Mia Funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate Interviews producer on this podcast was Jesse Jensen. Digital Media Coordinator is Yu Young Lee. Wintertime was composed by Nicholas Anadolis and performed by the Anthenian Trio. Has this interview sparked your creative process? If so, you can submit your creative works to submissions at creativeprocess.info for an opportunity to be included in the projection elements of our exhibition traveling to leading universities or published on our website, www.creativeprocess.info. Want to get involved in exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info.